Welcome to Wyman Podcast, episode 002. This is brought to you by St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Winston-Salem's Youth Ministry. You can visit us at www.speyouth.org um, for all of your um, inquiries about what is going on at our youth ministry here at the church. This episode is, well, I've been trying to find people to to kind of have conversations and interviews with for quite some time, and everybody's been running away or not returning my phone calls. So I've, you know what I just said? You know, we're just going to get our interns to do it because they got to do what I tell them to do. So uh, they came in on a Wednesday night during our Lenten service, and we had dinner together, and we just started discussing um, our plans for the rest of the semester, and I started recording it, and we had a good time talking about their experience at Wake Forest, what it was to be a youth, and why they participate in youth ministry and college. I hope you enjoy. Borrowing the pit, and you were in the new pit. Oh, so two days ago? Mm-hmm. So sorry, the what is the pit? Cafeteria. You call the cafeteria the pit, or is that like the I official? Call it the armpit. Is the well, food just not that good? Um, well, that, that pit is not that good, but then the tip, which is the new pit. No, it's oh, not. Oh, you, you call it you call it that because it's, it's back. Like it's the, the pit backwards. Whatever. Oh, okay. That's that good. Pit. Oh, that's good. What's the what's the bar restaurant, right on the quad? Shorties. Shorties, that's right. But the the waiter who served us underage isn't there anymore. Oh. Okay, so I'm recording. Right, I'm recording. I'm gonna have you guys sit here. How much was that? It was I don't know, like a hundred bucks. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. All right, sit over here. Here. Zach, I got you food. Dude, thank you so much. You're They're welcome. Good. I, thought it's not good. Yeah. I thought the macaroni was off it. It was okay. I didn't think it tasted like anything. It was okay. But the, the chicken nuggets were actually good, and usually I'm picky. And I love chicken nuggets. I'm going to okay close the door. eat this. And yeah. Yeah, they're in the podcast. We'll make it fun oh, to you. We're going to do this first, and then we'll have, like, a planning meeting. Sure. But I need to, A, I just I have, have to be back for a meeting at 730. If, if the podcast is an hour long, then shoot me in the face. Okay. No, it should be like 20 minutes. Um, the first one I did was like a, two months ago, and I kept telling myself I'm going to do one every week, and I haven't done one yet. So um, I'm like, I need to get one done this week. Yeah. And I've been trying to, I've been following people left and right, and they're freaking out, and um, they're ignoring me, and they won't return my phone calls. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'll just have the uh, the interns in, and I'll say, yeah. guess what? We're going to have a podcast. So it sounds I hope it's really good. good. I didn't... Um, I didn't know what dressing you liked. I didn't want... It's perfect. I know, but, you know, you have such a temper yeah. that yeah. I didn't want you throwing things at the wall in the <laughs> right. office because it right. would just stay there. Yeah. So. And they didn't have little side dishes where, for it. Where is it? In the call room. Upstairs. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. They just had dinner upstairs, so Please. I just let you go. That's perfect. Thank you. Yeah. There was a little girl that was sitting next to us that was saying the funniest stuff. She was like, I think fruit makes me flex more flexible and makes me more fast and I'll lose weight. <laughs> well, then I don't eat enough fruit because I'm not flexible fast or losing <laughs> weight. If that was the truth, I think most people would. It was funny. So that's the future doctor right there. Future television doctor. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so we have five EYCs left. Five. We have two and then Easter and then two and then at the end of the year. Which we're Turner's gonna make some phone calls for the end of the year one. Her airbound. Yeah. Oh, okay. And we nice. are gonna awesome. do. Um, we're gonna do uh, the theme. God is. I thought that was a good one. I thought it, yeah. Because here we are talking about God's time, and we haven't talked about who God is and who yeah. God is to people. Yeah. So the, the intro video went too bad. 
It was yeah. yeah I, saw I know the one about that. It like, wasn't as creepy. The pigs like it started with the pigs. That's what, that's like, what Turner what was is, saying. It's like it's, what is normal? Or it's redefining <laughs> nor, or whatever. And I yeah, thought the message was good, but the pigs just kind of freaked yeah, me out. What happens in the video? They're just like literally well, taking. Pigs, they're taking pigs them flying, like, and then there's there's pigs like wrapped, wrapped up, up being on taken too. It's just being taken somewhere. I don't know. And it's it's creepier than the the first one. It sounds like a Pink Floyd video. Oh, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's funny. Let me grab my phone because it's 2015 and you feel it. It reminds me of the saw where, like, he gets drowned in the pig guts. I did not see that episode. You know, did you see that one? Saw. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't seen that one. I saw it. Which one is that? 24. Yeah, who knows? Saw There's... 7? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's probably where they got the idea. Tim Burton and saw yeah. those videos are creepy. So I'm I haven't gotten any parents calling me saying my kids are having nightmares over the over the intro videos for EYC yet. So that's good. I think half of them don't even pay attention because they know that they have to be prepared to listen to me for the next fifteen minutes. So they have to uh, mentally prepare themselves to listen to my voice for for twenty minutes. But um, so we'll do that one, which it's good. It talks about who God is. Uh, it asks the question, and in the context of everybody, mm-hmm. I think uh, they can do that. Sure. So, um, I'm trying to think what else we need to discuss. I wanted to, as we record this, I was t- talking to Turner earlier, and I wanted to talk about um, your guys' experience as youth and the impression that set on you to the point of why you're serving the church in, in college. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I was a religion major when I was in college, and I did not hang out at church. Mm-hmm. I mean, most religion majors don't. And um, I think maybe part of it is because you're thinking, oh, I'm going to spend a lifetime in a church, so I don't need to until mm-hmm. I graduate. I don't know. Um, but it just, even when I was here before, it baffles me how we still get college leaders to come and participate in church. Um, and I, it, I'm very grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still... In, in, a, in college years, it's very difficult to find anybody to commit to anything outside mm-hmm. of what's going on a college campus. So, for you guys to so a to kind of talk about um, briefly um, your impression of youth ministry for yourself and why it is or is not important, and then how that has formed you to participate in the life of the church during college. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. That's super loaded. And do it in six hundred words or less. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I mean, it's just a few yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. So I don't know what, you know, formational, what sticks with you for youth ministry? So basically what I'm asking is, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, is it the content that you learn in youth ministry? Is mm-hmm. it the relationship? Is it both? Is it sometimes people have a negative uh, uh, experience in youth ministry, but they feel dedicated to the church, so then that's how they yeah. respond. So I'm, I'm trying to get from more peop- more and more people to kind of get... Um, actual, um, uh, I don't know, uh, empirical ideas on why people participated in, as a youth, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. rather than just creating myths on why people do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times people do it just simply because their parents make them. Yeah. That's not a bad reason. As a matter of fact, yeah. I think I think what I think concerns me is, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think what concerns me is, is you don't have that anymore. I think that's probably one of the biggest contributions to the to the decline of youth ministry in general, is you don't have that. Um, I mean, that's part of it. I don't want to oversimplify. Obviously, it, a lot of it has to do with teenagers have way more access to things. Yeah. Um, they have more stuff to do, and they're expected to do more things. You know, when I was in youth, 
which was not that long ago, I guess it maybe it's starting to get that long ago, is it was good enough to have good grades. Now you have to have good grades and extracurricular mm-hmm. activities and, and all this stuff. And so church kind of goes by the wayside. And with other organizations, such as school, not um, uh, honoring Sunday, I guess. Yeah. Um, so so that, that's, I guess, my biggest argument. But, I mean, you guys were a youth not long ago. I mean, Turner, you were one of mine. Um, you know, what, what stuck out for you? Why did you participate? Things like that. If you guys don't know. No, that's fine you got it Um, I mean I don't know I would say like the most spiritual growth I've had in my life has been in college Uh and I guess part of that has been on like reflecting on my upbringing and Mm -hmm. um, like I've grown more and more appreciative throughout college of like the way I was raised and just certain things in my life and majority of that was youth ministry and I think that there is there was for me at least um, like a big sense of vulnerability and um, even though I think it's it's hard for a lot of the kids now because they're just not used to it but um, like I, I can see it in the, the boys bible studies like just this opening up this sense of opening up and like talking about problems just talking about anything sure um, so I think that that's like just one of the biggest um, biggest things and like I think that I just remember for me personally, I mean, those years from from sixth grade to twelfth grade are just so crucial, and it's such a a pivotal point. Um, it was for me at least to go like to lead one type of life or to lead another, and um, I think that I can just for a lot of the boys, I can see it because I spend more time around them. Um, you know, I can see that they're at, you know, crucial points in their life, whether it's socially or just academically, spiritually, anything. Um, so I think, like, the reason I wanted to get involved, because I love St. Paul's when I first came. How did you find St. Paul's? Did you just look at the Episcopal churches? Is when I, uh, when I decided I was coming here, I looked at did to you, see where an Episcopal church was, yeah. Did you look at other churches with your parents, or did you just make that conscious just, decision to... I just Googled it. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Did, did, was that kind of instilled in you? Like, did did your youth minister or pastor or, or priest say, you know, kind of say, look for a church when you're in college? Or yeah, well, was any I, of that your parents encouraged you to do that? Yeah, or? and I think it, it was just such a, I don't want to say routine, because it, it, it um, but it was just always ingrained, like, um, you know, Sundays and certain days of the week, you know, before practice going to church or going to, mm-hmm whether it was choir practice or something, and it was just ingrained at, at such an early age that I knew I wanted to go to a school that had a church close, yeah. that I could call a church family. Yeah. And, and I don't think it's it's wrong to call it routine. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, maybe, you know, I come from a school of thought. One of my professors at Duke was all about practices mm-hmm. to the point where your identity of who you are is um, is ingrained with what you do with mm-hmm. your life mm-hmm. and to the point where you can't identify your week or day or year or month without participating in the life yeah. of the church you know so I don't think there's anything wrong with that I mean I, I understand we you kind of flinch when you say routine because it is kind of a I don't know a lukewarm word yeah. or whatnot yeah. but but I, I think that's important yeah. um, 
to get into that routine. Mm-hmm. So that's good that that was kind of ingrained in you to the point where you felt that you had to do that. Yeah. You know, in yeah. the same way that you have to eat dinner or mm-hmm. you have to go to practice, things like that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And you were you were raised Episcopalian? <coughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Me too. You were raised here. No. Yeah. So <laughs> Turner, I can agree. <laughs> your um your experience is a little different because you're you're from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I live, breathe, and poop Winston Salem. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Yeah. Um, no, but I—I I mean, before my dad passed away, he was so avid about like church, church, church. Because since he's died, we've been kind of inconsistent churchgoers. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I haven't like changed my religious views or don't believe in God, etc. You know. Sure. And. Um, I don't know, since he pushed it so much, I, but not, like, in a bad way. Like, I thought it was great. And now that, like, it's, like, independent, like, it's up to you to really, well, except especially me because I'm in college. Like, Lily and Robert, like, are in high school, so it's really up to my mom. But it's more of, like, a reaching out. Like, it's, like, individually based. It's more of, like, an effort for me to, like, like, just, like, make that connection every day, all day with God. Mm -hmm. And... I really think that, like, the reason why I have reached out is because I feel that the reason why I still have, like, a connection with my dad is through God. Mm-hmm. And so I like to live through that. And, like, I also like to implement, like, I love working with kids. Like, I love kids. I see myself in, like, half of them. And I really like to, I think it is important to start that focus early because the emphasis and, like, importance of religion, etc., anything like that has really decreased like you said today like it's not as like a priority for people like I don't know like I don't really think about it as much until I sit down and really process like what I have and what I don't have and what I'm thankful for etc but um I don't know I just remember coming to EYC and just like the community the atmosphere was so welcoming like it's one of the one groups of people that I've actually felt like I wasn't being like looked down upon or wasn't being judged because like everybody comes to church because for their own individual reasons but it like all brings us together and I just remember feeling so like just like appreciated like I felt like not that I haven't felt like a human being but like I just felt like a part of a group that mattered Mm -hmm. and I really like um like being able to like help out and like be like a leader for (coughs) these kids because I mean I mean they like we said like talked about before like they don't necessarily know who God is I mean we all have an idea none of us have maybe met him but well we I think we all lose focus on how to articulate that Mm -hmm. like we all have like conversations within our mind Mm -hmm. you know perhaps or maybe with close ones but we don't know how to really articulate our faith or our beliefs and I think there's something lost in that is how do you preach to people, witness to people, and share people your relationship with God if you don't know how to articulate mm-hmm. what is on your heart and in yeah. your mind? And I think that's part of the responsibility of the church is the language, is to create that language um, so people can do that. I think church has fallen short of that in general, is that we try to use secular language. We've not been unapologetic about that. So, you know, at EYC, and even when I have small groups with youth or meeting with them, a lot of times I'll use a particular language and they don't know what I'm saying. Because I think that we, the integrity of faith and spirituality is lost when we don't use the particular, you know, words mm-hmm. to express it, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, 
and one thing, you know, I, you both have emphasized is, you know, with EYC kind of being new, you know, these kids really don't know how to do that yet, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just kind of where we are is they don't have, or maybe some kids do, who, who knows, I would hope maybe in their, in their household they do, but typically most people don't have a community where they can just feel loved on, and that's simply yeah. it. Um, or they don't have a community where people um, love on them through obligation, almost. Now, I'm not saying you're obliged to or obligated to love your kids, because there are plenty of people who don't, you know. But I think as, as a parent or a grandparent, aunt and uncle, when you do love on particular kids, it's ingrained in them that they're thinking to themselves, well, you're related to me, of course you love me. But then when you have strangers that have no connection with you whatsoever, I think that's very impactful. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's important to have a loved, you know, family and whatnot. And, you know, God bless those kids who don't, and I would hope the church could fill that void. But I think it is important for for particular, particularly teenagers to see that, which I don't think they do a lot. Um, you know, your teenage life, you, you go through insecurities, and you're trying to figure out who you are. <clears throat> And for a group to welcome you and say it's okay with who you are, um, I think it'd be very healthy in the long run, you know. And you both talked about practices in the sense that if they're not participating as a youth, how do we expect them to participate later, you know? People are baseball players because they played baseball when they were a teenager. You know, they're musicians because they learned when they were a teenager. I mean, it's such an important stage in life. It helps define who they're going to be later on. And if they're not participating in that... um, how do we expect them to do that later? And in a lot of churches, they really they don't even expect them to, to do it later on. You know, they just kind of let them go and pray to God that maybe one day they'll come back, which is a myth we live into. Um, but I also would, would argue that college years are extremely important, too, because mm-hmm. it is the first time in your life where you don't have a set community mm-hmm. kind of being accountable. I mean, you are completely on your own. You know, I remember when I was getting ready to go to college, I had... Uh, family members saying, you know, if you don't go to the class, nobody cares, which is, you know, as an 18 year old, you're like, sweet, nobody cares. But it's, it's a scary thing, but it, it's the truth that it, you can allow yourself to live into a world where nobody cares, or you can seek and find people who do. But the problem is, it's not spoon fed to you once you go to college and later on. So I think it is important. And, and from my experience, Wake Forest is actually pretty decent at creating opportunities for people to participate in spiritual life. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it is compared to other schools or whatnot, um, but I think for the most part, I, I mean, I hear tons of different opportunities yeah, that yeah. they can do, and, and fortunately, Wake Forest is not too big. You can't get yeah. lost too much, yeah. so that's cool. So you, you've you had a good, decent experience in youth, and, and it's um, been very helpful for you. But uh, it kind of goes to, okay, you've been fed your whole life, and then around this time in your life is now Now I'm going to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, you still obviously need to be fed, but I think one of the issues that we have in youth ministry is, is we just teach people to be fed, and we don't teach them how to serve. So what would you say to parents and youth that are thinking that they're, like, in that transition from youth to adulthood, which I would argue starts around sophomore year, uh, right around the driver's license mm-hmm. time, really, um, what would you say to them who are... Um, starting that transition, how do they move from the transition of expecting the church to just feed them to, okay, now I need to participate in the church. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because church doesn't function without people running it. It's not ran by priests and, and ministers. It's ran by people. You know, we're almost the resource for it. So I think that's something that's lost too is youth ministry teaches this model of 
uh, youth just being fed, and then they go look for a church later on, and the church isn't all about feeding them, and they don't teach them how to serve. So I, I don't know. What would you say to a youth to try to convince them to how a life in the church looks beyond youth? Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. we don't have youth group for adults. Right. You know, we don't have youth group for college students. Some churches have tried, but part of that, I think, is just kind of kicking the can down the road a little longer and not teaching them how to live a life of service. But you guys are. I mean, you guys are here on Sundays. You're here on a Wednesday night, which there's probably 50 other things you can think of that you could do. You know, what What do college students do on a Wednesday night? Like watch Wednesday. Watch, 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 watch <laughs> Netflix, I don't know. And I yeah, just lived, in, I lived in my pajamas for four years. So... Um, yeah, so I, I don't know if you have anything, any words of wisdom to tell parents or um, or youth. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I mean, as, I don't know, as simple as it is, I would say just just kind of something I talk with the boys today, just do do what is right, you know, be bold. Um, like we just, we spoke from, a, um, from Philippians today and just like whatever is right, just do it, you know, whether... Whether or not other people are doing it or not, or regardless of how you feel you're going to be perceived, you know, do the right thing, be bold. Um, and then, in, you know, in terms of like, um, I guess just church life, you know, continue to um, just just broaden your horizons. I guess it's hard. I think it's hard to. Um, I mean, it was for me at least. Uh, like sometimes. I felt like I would get in just a rut where I was just stagnant, you know, and just uh, trying to find opportunities or ways to either grow closer with God or with those around me. Um, but I would just say just, like, just for parents just to encourage their kids to, like, even if it's just, like, learning something new one day at church or just a takeaway from youth group, like, be bold and be, you know, willing to... to talk with new people and um yeah just do just do what is right regardless of of what other people are doing I know it's pretty broad but I just remember um like when I was little like I had to get on my knees and like, like I would get on my knees and pray next to my bed and now I just like pray in my head but I just think like the younger you are I, I don't really know what the critical period is but um like, the younger you are, like, and the quicker or the sooner you start, like, implementing, like, you need God in your or you well, you should need God in your life, you should want God in your life for the most part. I don't know. I think, like, little things, like, we used to have, like, that little, like, flippy thing that would have, like, a Bible verse of the day, and we would do that at dinner. Just, like, little things like that that, like, didn't mean much to me then, but looking back on it, like, that's why I'm still involved with church um, now is because just those little things that I took for granted and now that I look back and I still pray I still do like um, verses of the day thoughts of the day etc like just implementing little things like that and um, I always like to like ask like like when we do split up I always like to ask like I start out with like so how was everybody's day how was your week and then I like to ask like so what y'all get out of the of today what Nick said today and it's always interesting to hear like how what they took from it mm-hmm. being in a simplified version because it's mm-hmm. sometimes I had to like simplify it just because no, but yeah. um, I definitely think it's a lot for a parent to make the effort to implement 
how important religion is. Yeah. And I don't think that today it's as much of a priority for parents. It's get them fed, get them to bed, wake up, do it again. Yeah, but you you I, you touched a really interesting point is when they're kids, you still have all that responsibility, bath time, all that. Mm-hmm. But we do have practices. I mean, I have little kids now, and we have, mm-hmm. you know, read the Bible and do your prayers and all that. But you're right. At a certain age, like, we lose that. And I don't know why. Do, yeah. uh, you know, I, it's it's very odd. I don't know why. I mean, maybe some people feel that it's childish or something or whatnot like mm-hmm. that. And maybe I'll, get, I'll have an answer in 10 years when my kids are teenagers. But, you know... Um, perhaps the practices need to evolve. Or maybe we as a church, we're not providing that for parents to continue that beyond childhood. It's easy in childhood. I mean, you can find all these yeah. little things to yeah. do, clever things to do, but when you know, they become teenagers, of course, when and parents need to understand this is when they're teenagers, nothing is cool. So if they don't think anything's yeah. cool, then at least do the uncool things that are right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, Well, cool. I appreciate it. How was your food? It was great. Was it really good? It was good. Okay. Did you I'm like glad the macaroni you said that because people from the yeah, church will probably hear good. this. The and chicken nuggets you know were The chicken stellar. nuggets were on bomb. Stellar. They were really they good. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it was free. Yeah. And it was made. I didn't have to cook it or anything. That's yeah. what I love. It wasn't the pit. <laughs> yeah, <it was. laughs> you would think that they would give it a more attractive name. Well, it's like fre- the fresh market. Whatever, that's like the name, oh. the official name. But oh, it's so the official name, it doesn't pit. have like a oh, sign that I says the pit. No. no. Oh, okay. I'm always like, okay. you want to go? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. And most people are like, no. No, no. I don't no. want to go there. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, they try, but I don't know if they succeed. So can you guys, I mean, you guys have that one place, Shorties. Can you guys go there all the time? Mm-hmm. Is it part of your meal plan? Or do you or, get well, like? Well, it's not. I mean, you can spend like Deacon dollars Deacon on it, but yeah, it, it most time, it, yeah, the most is it's catchy, isn't it? But most of the yeah. time, it comes out of your wallet. Yeah, it's just super slow. It, they're the always changing their menu too. But. Oh, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then we also I, have a bistro. The bistro. Have you been to the bistro? I haven't been to the bistro. I don't really care for good. it. A lot of my girlfriends like it, but. If I'm gonna go get a fillet, I'm not gonna go on campus to get yeah, it. A fillet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't even part of my vernacular in college. A fillet. <laughs> it, seriously, it, it was mac and cheese and yeah, whatever. Ramen. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's that baffles me. Wake Forest guys are crack me up. Well, I'm not eating like a fillet every day. No, but I don't think <laughs> I ate a fillet for four years. I mean, it was like ramen and mac and cheese, or whatever was cheap meat at Food Lion yeah. that I could cook on the George Foreman grill. <laughs> That's too funny. All right. Well, thank you all, and we'll uh, I'll stop this, but we'll actually plan out the rest of EYC now. Okay. It shouldn't take too long. Oh, well. Sure. All right. Bye.